Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Pam Schreiber. This is Yannick Noah. Hi, this is Mark from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And you're listening to David, Catherine, and Matt on the Tennis Podcast. Well, thank you very much, Mark, who I have to say, I think has the most fantastic voice and uh, quite envious, actually, Mark. Um, Mark also adds, Matt, that uh, since I, me, David, since I am a Gen Xer like Mark, Mark says, I thought I would share a bit of my tennis history. I was at the first Wimbledon where they played it on Middle Sunday. So that was in... 1991, he said it was on his birthday in June, and uh, he just turned 21 years of age. So he is a very <laughs> similar age to myself. Um, he says, I would just like to thank you for all, all the great research and in-depth commentary. He's probably talking about you here, Matt, uh, that you do each week. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who would welcome a daily podcast. <laughs> hey! Oh, Mark, don't go giving <laughs> right. you ideas. Great idea, Mark. Uh, well, we're doing daily podcasts throughout the Davis Cup finals, which is why we're here right now in the dead of the night. Um, he said he, he recognizes that might be more than you want to tackle, but you were a godsend during COVID and still make my commutes so enjoyable enjoyable and i even replay them because i can't get enough so thank you very much mark uh, both for those very kind words and for introducing this show uh, and being a friend of the tennis podcast if you'd like to introduce a show like mark you can do exactly that uh, go to tennis.supportingcast.fm or click the link in your show notes to become a friend of the tennis podcast at intro level and you could be introducing a show just like that and uh, then Matt would be following you just like this. Hello, Matt. Hello. And, and you know, a bit like Mark, I was, I was replaying an old episode of the Tennis Podcast this morning. I don't, I don't typically listen back to our work, um, <laughs> but sometimes I do. And, Not even I do that. <laughs> and in particular, I tend to do it when going on a trip like this, I try and think, well... What were we saying last year? You know, what was what was the vibe and how different does it feel this year? I, I sometimes think that that can be quite helpful. And I said on the day one Davis Cup finals pod last year that I felt it was the best day of the new format of the Davis Cup yet. 
for a day without the host nation playing because it was Australia uh, against the Netherlands last year and it was a it was a really good tie. Well, a year on, I would like to update that statement and say that today, the day we just had was the best day of the new Davis Cup finals format without the host nation involved and quite possibly even rivaling some days where the host nation has been involved because, to be honest, it felt like we were in Helsinki or Espoo or insert Finnish city here at times today because it was so, so special. We we spoke yesterday about how we were expecting the Finnish fans to show up and, boy, did they show up. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, and that came through the TV as well. I should, I should, I should add, no, Catherine isn't here, folks. Uh, you're probably thinking, wait. <laughs> Sorry, I Catherine? got carried away. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, look, this is the day Matt's had. Matt, Matt came home about half an hour ago. And let's be honest, we thought we were going to be recording about two hours ago. And then press conference happened. And then extra work at the end of those press conferences happened. And then Matt's bus journey home to the hotel room happened. And so here we are at 11.30 night, my time, and half past midnight, his own time. Uh, but Catherine has been uh, otherwise engaged this evening, so unable to join us. She will be back with us later in the week. Um, but, yeah, it, it, what you did say is, despite the length of the day, you said, I'm buzzing. Mm. Tell us why you've been buzzing today, Matt. I mean... Canada, the defending champions are out. Finland, Finland Finland are into the semi-finals. They will be here on Friday. They've now got two full days to just revel (laughs) in it. And their fans are still going to be in Malaga going bonkers. Maybe they'll turn up to some other ties. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, But anyway, you've been buzzing. Tell us why you've been buzzing. It it really started actually when I went to the fan zone this afternoon, you know, just just before the tie got underway, probably an hour or so before play began. I made my way over to the fan zone and I got quite emotional actually because it was just so uplifting. It was exactly what you want from an event that is branding itself as the World Cup because here were several thousand fans from a nation gathered together wearing their country's colors brandishing flags you know they had lots of people in football shirts you know it was a real gathering of Finnish support and they had taken over the place and I thought this is it this is what we want from the Davis Cup this is this is the dream. This is what we're aiming for. You know, loads of fans coming over from their country to to support their team. And I just, I don't know, I just felt sort of really uplifted by that sight. And, you know, then for the day to unfold as it did and to see the singles lineups come out at around three o'clock and for... Emil Roussevori not to be in that lineup for Finland because of the shoulder injury that we spoke about. It 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 felt a little bit like, oh, you know, this this could have been so perfect, you know, so many Finnish fans, but Emil Roussevori's not there, you know, and he's so clearly their best player. What are they gonna do? You know, of they were helped, of course, by the fact that 
Canada put out their lineup and Felix Auger-Aliassime wasn't in for them. So suddenly you had both both nations without their number one player, which which made it a more even prospect. Who's got the biggest blow there in your mind before this tie started? When Because to, to my mind, when you said Auger-Aliassime's not playing, that felt from the outside looking in to me as the bigger blow because they haven't got Denis Shapovalov. So they're losing the guy that really just dominated the Davis Cup a year ago and he's not playing. But did you feel like that? I then rationally thought about the matches and thought this this could still go to the doubles because um Finland lined up in their in their number 2 position a guy called Patrick Kalkavalta a guy who I had never heard of before is ranked in the 700s in the world and he was up against <laughs> Milos Raonic <laughs> who of course we know all about but you know isn't is he a tennis player yes he he still is a tennis player he he had some good results in the summer but he's he's played a a bare bones schedule over the last few years really and he hasn't hasn't been at the forefront of our mind so you know i thought okay raonic with his with his pedigree is a big big favorite in that match but then i thought we've got this match now between Otto Vertonen, the Finnish number one for the day, and Gabriel Diallo, the Canadian number one for the for the day. And both had starred in, in Davis Cup earlier this year for their nations. But that felt like a winnable match for Otto Vertonen. And so it proved. And then, of course, we get into the doubles and the Finns have got Harry Heliavara, who is a great, great doubles player. And... So I e- even with Rusevori out, my my initial reaction was oh no. But then when I logically went through the matches, I, th- I think I probably agree with you. I think Canada missing Felix Auger-Aliassime was a was a real blow for them as well. And when when you added in the fact that Vasek Pospisil was clearly injured, which was something I I knew the other day and wasn't expecting him to play, but then seeing him in the lineup for the doubles you realise that Canada were pretty pretty banged up at this event. And even Milos Raonic said he, was, he wasn't he was fully fit either. You know, he was able to get through his match, but but he wasn't quite right. So, you know, big, big injury problems on both sides. Uh, but, you know, all credit to Finland for managing to get through it without Roussevori. I, I, I don't think in their wildest dreams they would have thought they could get to the semifinals of, of the Davis Cup in a tie that Rusevori isn't playing. You know, of course, they got a bit lucky that Canada were injured as well, but still just a monumental feat from the Finns. Yeah, it, it was. And I mean, listen, Raonic, we, we kind of joke about it, but I mean, I, I suspect this is his final bow right now, isn't it? I mean, I don't think, I don't think we're going to see Milos Raonic playing tennis next year, personally. And... I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but he de- he doesn't even look like he a tennis player really anymore. I mean, you know, he, he just hasn't been able to play properly. He's had s- some matches this year and and so forth, but he came out there and it was it was so interesting watching this <laughs> this young guy. How do we say this against again? Kaukavalta, mm, I believe so. Is that right? Yeah. Now he he comes out. Raonic comes out, and you really don't know what to expect. Raonic 
hits five successive <laughs> aces in his first five points on serve. So a whole game full of aces in the first game. And you are, you are reminded what an incredible server the guy is for a start. Then the first point that Kakavalta wins is a forehand straight at the body of Raonic that Raonic hits an air shot at and doesn't even manage to make contact with the volley. And you're thinking, okay, <laughs> that's quite a body shot. Um, and and thereafter, Raonic wins 6-3, 7-5. And my feeling on it was it was a reminder about the levels that a pro, a top pro, who's been top 10 and been to a Wimbledon final and been all these things and won all these big matches in his career, that even though he's way, way off what he used to be, it's just a reminder of how good they are versus somebody who's probably not going to get much higher than 700 in the world in his career and is kind of more like a a club player, a really amazing club player who's won some points or, or has played futures level or something like that. They They can just play at a totally different level, can't they? I- completely agree with that there was there was such big random bloke off the street tries to return one of the best tennis serves of all time energy to this match because honestly <laughs> Kalkavalta did not get a read on the Raonic serve for the entire match Raonic lost three points on serve you know and almost half the point what first yeah. and second? <laughs> almost, almost half the points played on on Raonic's serve were aces in this match. You know, it was it was unbelievable. Just and I, I spoke to Galcavalta afterwards, and, and he said, "Look, I've never faced anything like that whatsoever. I, I just couldn't pick it up. It was just sort of impossible." And um, you know, he he didn't really have any ground strokes to speak of. You know, and. All he really had was a slice backhand, which he was coming in off at, at, at every possible opportunity. But Ranix was just easily passing him into the into the open court on lots of occasions. And I mean, Kalkavalta had a nice nice serve of his own, and that and that very much kept him in it. But that, that was clearly his best shot, and you know, it, it sort of kept the scores quite close. But you know, he he is. I found out the lowest-ranked player to play a live singles at the Davis Cup final since the format changed, other than other than Nikola Mektic, who played one for Croatia when he was unranked as a singles player. But, you know, we know about his class on, on the doubles court. At least we've heard <laughs> yeah. of him. So, you know, he was, he was just totally out of his depth. And, again, I was looking through Raonic's results and... You know, seeing when was the last time he played someone of, of of this sort of ranking and this level, and and actually when he lost to Kokinakis at at Queens in 2017, Kokinakis was ranked very low, but obviously that was because of injury. Uh, he he also played Tommy Haas when Tommy Haas was ranked in the 800s in back in 2015, but again that was an injury induced ranking. Otherwise, I think you have to go back to July 2010 for the last time that Milos Raonic played someone sort of of that calibre. And you're right, it was just a, a total mismatch. This this guy was just completely out of his depth and, and, and he knew it. But it does really, I think, sort of 
demonstrate what an extraordinary achievement it is for for Finland to get to the Davis Cup semi-finals. You know, because Patrick Kalkavalta, who you know did did win a doubles match um, back in back in September, and I think he would be a lot more at home on a doubles court because of his serve and because of his volleying skills. Um, but he's he's their third best player, and that nation are into the Davis Cup semi-finals you know it, it really is extraordinary yeah it's absolutely astonishing really um and, and actually when we're talking about the level he plays at and the level that Raonic is used to playing at and at his very peak I mean it, it, you'd almost want to watch a game or two of Raonic serving to this guy and then watch a game or two of him serving against Mir- mm. Novak Djokovic, who he has never yeah. beaten, as far as I'm aware, and Andy Murray in that 2016 Wimbledon final when he's returning 143-mile-an-hour serves. You know, it's just... It, 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 we take it for granted yeah. too much, I think, what these players can do because we see them against each other all the time. We also see them against each other on the TV, and that's not going to be quite the same. But even on the TV, you 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 got the feel of that golf in class and and i just think it's a useful reminder sometimes yeah. to 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 remind us again i completely agree and actually i would quite like to see count Gavalta play you know like i was thinking watching this i was thinking i'm sure my mate andy hits better ground strokes than this guy but you know i'm sure he doesn't really <laughs> that's not andy no, murray, not andy is murray. It? um it's my it's my schoolmate Andy who is very very good at tennis just just a really classy all round athlete um, and I have never got anywhere close to to beating him and you know I was watching Kalkavata hit ground strokes and I was like he do, he doesn't have any but I'm sure that's that's largely because of what was down the other end of the court you know because he was coming up as you said against the pro and and nerves. I th- I think he said the biggest crowd he'd ever played in front of was about 500. Um, he, he went to the University of Alabama and, and, and played tennis, you know, so he's clearly a very, very good tennis player. But obviously, in comparison to Milos Raonic, he, he just isn't in that class. And yeah, it was... It, and Andy. And, and Andy. It, it, it was quite <laughs> funny to, um, to hear Milos Raonic say that he'd, he'd never heard of him either. And in the, in the one hour before, you know, going on court when the nominations are made, he said, I was on Google looking up his results and just trying to find out anything that he could about him. And, uh, you know, I was, I was the same. But um, apparently Alexis Galano in the, in the Canadian team knew a little bit about him um, from college, so he was able to share some stuff. But, yeah, it was it was quite an amusing first match, even if it <laughs> wasn't really a contest whatsoever. No. So so on goes Raonic. He wins 6-3-7-5, puts Canada 1-0 ahead. They only need one good performance right now, but their fortunes are in the hands of Gabriel Diallo from... Uh, from Canada, obviously, uh, who's a young man who I've seen play before. Um, he's got a fairly straight up and down game. I think he's very athletic, but and he's got good ground strokes. But he was up against somebody who is now on my <laughs> list. He is on my list. He's he's there with 
Constant Lestien, <laughs> he's there with Artifice. I am going to be he's, he's there with Thomas Mahatch. Uh, I'm going to be seeking out Otto Vertinen uh, in the future because this guy won 6475 and I loved watching him play. 22 years of age, Matt, and he's just he's just not straight up and down like Diallo. He is a lovely player with all sorts of variety and spins and paces and imagination. He goes out there and imagines points and then seeks to to play them. And it's not just your average patterns. It's, I'm going to be a bloody nightmare for you. And lo and behold, that's exactly mm. what he was. Yeah, he's 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 very stylish and someone who I think you're just drawn to on the court. He's he's a big guy. He's he's quite a big physical presence. Um, he he has quite quite stiff arms. I find when he hits the ball, it's quite quite straight arms, um, which sort of makes just makes the way he hits the ball look look quite interesting. I think and. He's a very sweet timer of the ball when he when he gets it right and he can he can really generate a lot of pace especially off the forehand um and he played a really good match you know knowing that he had to win to keep keep Finland alive and you know I cannot stress enough how many Finnish fans there were you know in the stadium but we we haven't got an exact number but we believe the the sort of capacity today was in the 7000s officially what they're saying is that there were over 3000 finnish fans there it felt like more it, it it felt like they they had a greater number in there and you know vitanen needs to deliver something for them he he needs to he needs to bring a point he needs to keep them alive and he just did exactly that he he broke in the first set with quite a clever backhand lob that just sort of landed on onto the sideline and that sort of got the crowd going that sort of picked them up after after that first match and then they just they just stayed with him they just backed him for the rest of the match and he was putting a lot of pressure on the Diallo serve and eventually it told you know in eventually he just he just got through it in straight sets it was it was a continuation of the form that he showed in September in in Davis Cup where he got wins over Baltic van der Zanskulp and Mackenzie McDonald, you know, two far more established players than him. But he, he really shows up and he said that he just he just plays better in Davis Cup. And that, that was just so obvious today. He, he was he was absolutely brilliant. Well, why is he 171 in the world, Matt? I mean, he's been as high as 109. Um, he qualified for his first Grand Slam main draw at the US Open recently and won all three matches that he played in three sets in the qualifying but you know that's 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 the sum of his achievements on the tour really i mean he's he's 22 years of age 171 in the world i suppose it's a bit like borna goyo yeah. from a couple of years ago um hence why he's another one <laughs> on my list who i'm just going to be following the fortunes of but i just don't get it i don't get when you see this guy play and that that lob you mentioned he put onto the sideline, and I talked about imagination. He's he, he's like a sort of snooker player who's thinking three shots ahead, and he's already got the finishing elements to to it all in his mind, and, and it's whether he maps it out and actually executes it or not. But I don't get how 
how we haven't seen and heard more of him on the circuit. No, I mean, I think I, I, I think I would probably just end up answering this in terms of cliches. Like, there's a lot of good players, you know, and it's it's so different playing in this environment with those fans in this arena versus, you know, if you, you you watch some some challenger tour tennis and you know the level is very high but often they are they are playing in you know the boondocks of somewhere you know on 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 an outside court and there's no fans and it's just a totally different environment and being able to bring the level there versus here it's just it's kind of like a different sport and he, he, as I said, he's just very open about the fact that he plays better in Davis Cup when he's got all the support. And he has pretty much only played Davis Cup matches with sort of big crowds like this because, you know, he's played home ties in Finland and he's played ties where the Finnish fans have travelled and he just uses that energy. And, yeah, I think he isn't sort of able to have that on his on his week-in, week-out tour life. No. And they they get yeah. stuck, Matt. I'm just looking at his year results here. I mean, he's played so many tournaments for a start. He, he actually lost, would you believe, in qualifying in the first round in the Australian Open, 7-6 in the third, and a, an 8-6 tie break, he lost to Nicholas Jarry. Oh! <laughs> would you believe? Well, that's not a bad loss. So that was the Australian Open. <laughs> Then he goes and he loses 6-3 in the third to Arta Fis in a quarterfinal the next week in France. You know, he's playing a lot of uh, challenger events here. He got to a final in Lugano, uh, beat Dominic Stricker in the in the semifinals there. But, you know, you, you're getting for that, he's getting 75 ranking points to get him up to, to 139 at that point. And then you go through his year and, he's, and then he's... So he's either in challenges where you have to basically get to the semis or the final to to get some really meaningful points or he's trying to get onto the tour and he's playing qualifying rounds and he reached second round of qualifying in uh, the French Open he goes to Wimbledon, he wins two rounds and then he loses the third one, 6-4 in the third so you know he's only ended up getting 16 points as a result of that Um, and this this sort of just carries on and and he ends up getting into the main draw of the US Open, as I referenced, and he lost in five sets, 7-6 in the fifth, to Thomas Martin Echeverri, who's a very, very good player, you know, a good, solid, top player. And it's, it's you, you get stuck in these positions, don't you? So I've kind of answered my own question for myself there. And uh, I just and the same happened to Borna Goya. You, you, he, they just need to win a few that get them into the top 100 get them into the main draws of slams where the points are, and then you can build. And that, to me, has always been the great tension or contradiction, perhaps, of the Davis Cup and the Billie Jean King Cup because, you know, we want top players to be playing this event. You know, we do. That's that's part of the reason why the format changed in the first place because people thought not enough top players were sort of consistently playing it because of because of the schedule and, and all that. We don't need to go into that today, but, you know, people know that. But at the same time, I love that it can allow someone like Otto Wirtanen to get a moment like this and, and get this kind of stage. And, and the Davis Cup has, has always 
done that for for slightly lower ranked players and I, I wouldn't want to lose that from the competition either I'm, I'm glad that 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 element still exists and and someone like him can suddenly be at the center of of the tennis world and you know that's that's really special and and I think that's that's something that the Davis Cup can provide in in a way that sort of the tours can't quite so much a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Yeah, no, it makes a good point. Uh, very small note as well. He did play a couple of weeks ago, Constant Lestien, <laughs> and it was 6-3 in the third. Oh, I might have to see if I can find a, a remote YouTube of that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that was the singles. That leveled things up. 6-4-7-5, he beat Diallo, uh, which puts Finland and Canada into a deciding doubles. And there was another surprise in team selection at that point, wasn't there? Because they had Harry Heliavara, who's a, a very established doubles player for Finland. And then they picked Vertanen to join him. And that really that wasn't on the cards pre match, was it? No, that's right. That was that was a change in selection. And I suppose I wasn't that surprised because we do see it where, you know, a, a singles player performs really well and then they get subbed in to play the doubles. And it made sense because, you know, he had he had that crowd in the palm of his hand, he was playing really well, he is, you know, there their best player in terms of that they had available to them, why would you not put him on the court? Um, 
However, I must say, afterwards, I asked Virtanen and I asked Heliavara in the press conference, you know, how did that decision come about for you to play the doubles, for you to be subbed in? And have you played much together before? And Heliavara said they had never even practiced a point of doubles together before. They, they'd never played, never practiced. They were going through their signs, you know, their hand signals 15 minutes before the match to try and understand, you know, <laughs> what way they would each be moving at the net. And after the serve, they were talking tactics for the first time ever 15 minutes before the match. And sort of knowing that, I think it makes it even more remarkable that they managed to, to sort of play and, and win so well. And, you know, Heliavara, who is a great talker, said sometimes that that just works best you know when you just let it happen you don't think you just be a good teammate for each other and they did they did exactly that but yeah the fact that they did have a doubles team who who, who had played together before but they they made the bold decision to to swap Vertinen in and my goodness it paid off because I thought they were really excellent in, in that match albeit against Pospisil who was clearly not fit and Galano who who never never really got got going I didn't think yeah Pospisil I, I thought for a set looked looked quite good and they were getting very pumped up um or certainly till about six five in the first set and then he had that lengthy time out didn't he um but they were they found themselves four one down. They managed to. I thought once they got that back on serve from four one down, I thought you know they could well take over here because this is a big ass for this duo from Finland who I I, I didn't realise were quite that new new as a partnership. But they never stopped. And Vertanen, I mean, he is impenetrable, uh, sort of in terms of his facade, isn't he? He doesn't give you anything. He he just he makes you think. This is nothing to me, you know. I can I can handle. And you've got Eliavaras who's full of full of energy and chutzpah and and, he, and chat, and they couldn't be more different, really. But no, I mean, in that second set, Pospisil clearly struggling and and just hanging on, hanging on physically. It was a heck of an effort from him, I thought, to 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 be out there clearly struggling like he was. But seven five six three, it was pretty comprehensive in the end. Um, what was it like afterwards in the press conferences? Well, Canada, we had the captain, Frank Dankovic, and, and and the doubles team. And yeah, I mean, as I said, a lot of injuries in that team. Um, all, all pretty vague about Auger Aliassime and sort of why why he wasn't playing. What we heard is that it was a lower body issue and... Dankovic said that it was possible that had they won, he would have been able to play later in the week, but they made the decision that he wasn't able to play today. Um, and Pospisil said in an ideal world, he, he wouldn't have played. He said if it was any other event, if it was a tour event, he absolutely wouldn't have been playing. He was only doing it because it was the Davis Cup and he felt like it was sort of, they just needed him. Uh, but he's he's had injuries all year and he's he's had a he's had a tear in his in his in his tendon in his in his elbow uh, which has only just healed but he, he you know he he's still in some pain and he hasn't played for several weeks um and he went on a a huge rant uh 
in the press conference about the ongoing and ever-growing, I think, issue of, of balls in, in tennis and talking about how, how heavy they are. And he, he says very explicitly that the balls have caused his, his injuries. Um, and look, I think he made a lot of, a lot of good points, I'm sure, about, about the balls. He's not alone. A lot of players are, are speaking up about that. And he was talking about, you know, the need for more player power and player say, um, as you would expect from, from someone who, who sort of helped set up the, uh, PTPA. So there was all that element in the press conference, but, Clearly, they were disappointed, Canada, you know, defending champions. But I think they knew that they were not set up, really, to to defend that title with without Shapovalov, with Auger Aliassim out of form and, and injured, with Pospisil injured, with Raonic maybe only able to sort of play one match. They just didn't have the squad to be able to to do what they did last year. So I think I think they were pretty accepting of it and and very um very much full of praise for an amazing performance from from the Finnish team. And I mean the vibe couldn't have been couldn't have been more different in in the Finnish press conference. Heliavara just with this huge smile on his face. As I said, he's he's a great great talker. He said he was going from the press conference to to go and write his latest blog post all about um all about the day that he's had today. And yeah, I just think it's a it's a really special moment for Finland. And Jarko Niemann, the captain, said something you know pretty pretty wise, really. Where he again he was sort of asked about the profile of 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 tennis in Finland, and he said, "Well, what I do know is that the sport will be bigger tomorrow than it was today because of what we've just done." And I, I thought that was a very good good way of sort of summing up the impact that that this can have you know this was on mainstream tv and you know i'm 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 wary of recency bias but honestly when i when i look back at the end of the year and and reflect on on the 2023 season that i've had personally i'm very very lucky to get to go to all the grand slams but Today will really stick out for me. I, th- I thought it was really, really special seeing so many Finnish fans there today. And it would have been an amazing day anyway, even if Finland hadn't won. But to sort of top it off by getting the win and, you know, getting themselves through to the semifinals was just extra, extra special. And um, I should I should say I asked Niemann about Rusevori and whether we can expect to see him in the semi-finals, and he said, well, he sort of did that classic thing of saying, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a physio, I don't know. But it it sounds like he's close, like he was hitting, he was practising this morning, they just made a call that he couldn't play today. Tactically, if you're, if you're Finland and, you know, you need to win two matches coming up against either Australia or Czechia in the semi-finals... I think they need to be putting Rusevori in because Vertanen is more likely to get a win at number two than he is at at number one. So I, I think there would be some some tactics at play there if we see Rusevori in the lineup because they've got to win one of those singles. They've got a chance in the doubles. 
So they've got to win one of those singles. And I think it's it's possible that Vertonen could win at two against either Australia or Czechia. Uh, but I'd be pretty unlikely, I think, that he would win at one. And no disrespect to him, I don't think there's any way that Patrick um, Kalkovalta is is winning a singles match here. So they so they might need to to throw in a slightly injured Rusevori purely for tactical reasons on on Friday. You, you do realise that Jarko Niemann right now is downloading the MP3 of this podcast to put out on the team <laughs> bus to play for Kalkavalta, <laughs> to listen to Matt Roberts just writing him off. Uh, so that he can really get the best out of him. Uh, <laughs> well, we do know um, that the that the Finnish well, media media communications guy Jarno is a is a tennis podcast listener. So maybe that isn't isn't the most far fetched idea. <laughs> <laughs> Superb. Okay, um, and listen, I know there are a lot of people listening to this podcast from Canada or who are Canadian and love the Canadian Davis Cup team and have loved all the massive success that Canada's had in the last, well, several years. But uh, obviously Davis Cup champions, Billie Jean King Cup champions, everything that Leila Fernandez has done and Bianca Andreescu and all, all the other players that you've got and will be gutted about this this loss. And, and obviously we feel for you. But it's hard not to get drunk on what Finland are doing right now. And also in the knowledge that this keeps them around for another few days and another tie because they bring the goods atmos-wise. And so Friday is going to be belting. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're maybe not expecting quite so many Finnish fans to still be here on, on Friday. You know, I think quite a lot would have only had a ticket to the to the first match. Hopefully they will be hastily buying more and I don't know, taking, taking some more days off work if they can and trying to extend their trip. I'm I'm sure there's, there's lots of that probably going on as we speak. Um, But I look, Canada were amazing last year. They've been amazing in this competition for, for the last few years. It was a joy to watch the Billie Jean King cup Canadian team just a couple of weeks ago, but it trying to be as objective as possible it, it kind of felt like the better result today for this competition to have the Finnish team on this sort of fairy tale with all their fans here in Malaga over a banged up, injured Canadian team who who sort of can't can't give their best. So yeah, I'm I'm sorry for those Canadian fans who are who are gutted tonight, but it, it it was it was just so special to have this this sort of pilgrimage of of Finnish fans over here and yeah for them to still be in the competition is is pretty amazing and it and it's it's not just today you know this is this is a Davis Cup year and journey that for them started with beating Argentina in the in the qualifiers back in February to even get to the group stages and then then they beat Croatia okay not not the best Croatian team ever, but, you know, still still a good tennis nation there. And then they beat the USA. That's the reason the USA are not here, because of Finland. And now they've backed it up by beating the defending champions. It, it's, it is an extraordinary, extraordinary story. And also Canada. You've had, you know, you've had plenty of success. Don't be greedy. <laughs> 
So, um, tomorrow, Matt, what have we got to look forward to? Tomorrow we have Australia-Czechia. Uh, that, that starts at 4pm local time. I'm feeling a win for Australia here. Do we, do we expect any surprise selections there at all? I mean, you're talking Alex Timonor and I suppose most likely Alexi Popperin. Uh, although you've got Jordan Thompson, who I'm always bigging up and did very well last year. In this yeah, and, and Max Purcell has had a, a sneaky good singles year. I, th- I think he's gone from outside the top 200 into the top 50 in, in singles. So he, he's really got options there, Leighton Hewitt. Popperin is is the next highest ranked after Alex Dumanor, but he, he was the last to come in. To this team, he he replaced Kokonakis at the last minute. I, I don't know whether that means that um, Leighton Hewitt was, you know, considering not having him in. I remember last year he brought in Jordan Thompson very very late, and Jordan Thompson ended up playing the singles. So perhaps we can't read anything into that. Um, either way, I think you'd you'd expect them to to go against uh, Thomas Mahachin and Yuri Lahetchka for the Czechs. Who, you know, that's a good. Youthful, hungry lineup, but very talented, both of those. But even if Australia do lose one of the singles, they've then got a very good doubles lineup. Matt Ebden and, and Max Purcell have won Wimbledon together last year. So, you know, they're going to be tough to beat. And, and with Alex Dumanor, we know he always brings it for Australia. So I feel like Australia are pretty heavy favourites tomorrow, but, you know. The Czechs, the Czechs will will take some beating. I'm looking forward to it uh, after a fantastic opener today. Uh, right, Matt, I think you better get to bed. Uh, just a reminder uh, for you all that uh, we have our mascots. Uh, I've got Maisie, uh, Catherine's got Xenia, Matt's got Darwin, Billy Jean the dog has got Billy Jean King and Alana Kloss as her sponsors. Uh, our top folks and executive producers are Jamie, Hannah and Drew. We'll save shout-outs for the return of Catherine, who uh, did want to leave us with a... A little bit of local knowledge from the Malaga area to do with her great-grandparents who apparently lived and died in Fingerola. Matt, have I said that correctly? Uh, No, I don't think so, but... (laughs) (laughs) How'd you say it? Fuengirola. Okay, so massively different. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good job you're here. Uh, But yes... Uh, interesting. Yeah, bit of trivia I know who from Catherine. Who knew there was there was so much to know about about this little town about thirty kilometers south of south of Malaga. But I've yeah, I've I've learned quite a lot about it in in the last couple of days. Hmm. Indeed. Okay. Well, we've learned lots about Davis Cup Day One from Matt Roberts as well. And I should say that uh, also happening tomorrow are the press conferences of Great Britain. Uh, a lot of the British press are, are coming over for the for the tournament and the ties, so I think that'll be quite interesting tomorrow. And also Serbia, so chance to chance to speak to to Novak Djokovic and find out how how he's feeling making making the transition from from Turin to Malaga. So that's that's all happening just before the tie gets underway. Great stuff. Well, we will report exactly what is said. Uh, in those press conferences and what happens in the match between Australia and Czechia as well on tomorrow's daily tennis podcast from the Davis Cup finals where Matt is 
and he's going to go and get some sleep now. Um, and yeah, be bang at it tomorrow. Uh, thanks for joining us for this one, and we will be speaking to you very soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 